Good morning and welcome back everybody. This is Blaze Tambori, the host of the Pitch Blitz Morning Show. Alongside with me to discuss all of the action today is one of my good friends, Kieran, as we will talk about how important it will be for Brazilian-born players and their respective teams this weekend, as they will not be allowed to travel for matches due to the COVID-19 quarantine rule. But in the Premier League, will Spurs be able to keep their offensive tactics afloat, or will Spirito Santo fall into the sinkhole that all managers do and fail? Will Brentford be able to stay mid-table this season, or will the big guns shoot them down to the championship? Can Todd Cantwell help Norwich to bring them to a success, or will Wolves finally be able to break the dry streak? And finally, who was the best signing in the Premier League this season? Ronaldo? Grealish? Lukaku? Stay tuned to the Pitch Blitz Morning Show to hear all about it. Do you want to just get over, get the COVID-19 thing over with? So I don't have like a hot take about it, but I'll just like be like... Well, I do. Since we, since City has three, since City has three Brazilians. We got three, but... And it's, wait, wait, so they're not, I mean, I, I, I read that, but it's like they, uh, they're not... They are not playing. They they got banned from the Premier League. Yeah. So for all the, those that don't know, um, this past week Brazil played Argentina in the Copa America. Um, officials, health officials, ran onto the field and halted the game because apparently the Argentinian uh, Premier League players did not quarantine. Once the health officials ran onto the field. Everyone was up in arms, especially Lionel Messi. He said, you know, if we were supposed to quarantine, why didn't you tell the, tell that to us, you know, four days ago when we've were when we been training um, rather than in the middle of a game? Um, but, yeah, so it's Sergio Romero with, with Tottenham Hotspur, Ederson with City, um, Alisson with Liverpool, uh, Gabriel Jesus, Roberto Firmino, um, I mean the, the the list really goes on. Fernandinho for City, um, Fabinho too, right? Um, too, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so I, this weekend it's it's a big hit for for a good amount of the teams, especially um, in my opinion, City. Uh, Manchester City head off against Leicester City, um, and Leicester City are always one of those teams that you know you don't know what they're going to do. They could either completely do terrible or score five on you. Um, you know, as we, as we saw last year, City scored. I mean, uh, City lost five not uh, five two to Leicester City um, in a game that should have been an easy W. Um, so, in my opinion, um, this weekend for City will be an extremely difficult test because they're going to be playing the players that don't usually play. Scott Carson, he's the third string goalkeeper. Um, he's going to be starting the game against Leicester City because Zach Steffen, the American goalkeeper, has COVID. Ederson can't play because of the COVID rule. Scott Carson, the 42-year-old legend, is now going to be in goal with Jamie Vardy coming at him and, and James Madison. So I don't really like that. But Karen, I want to get your take on that real quick. Will it be um, as big of an impact on Liverpool as it looks on paper? So it will be. It will be for sure. Uh, we're gonna. So the one that kills me the most is you think it'd be Allison because it's like oh we gotta. But I don't mind seeing. Hopefully they put Kelleher back in there. Uh, don't want to see Adrian in there at all. Breaking my heart every time he's in there. And uh, Fab Fab Sabino is the one that kills me the most because it's just like we're just getting him back in the midfield because finally everyone's healthy and then we lose Fab to to this and. 
Uh, Bobby, uh, let's give Bobby a break. You know, uh, if Bobby, he, he needs to, he needs to get it together still too, but, uh, yeah, fab, fab kills me, but we're playing Leeds, So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can handle it. Leeds haven't, Leeds have been giving up a lot of goals. So hopefully finally we can put it away, but, uh, I would definitely be more upset if I was you. I mean, I don't mind it. I hope, I hope Lester kind of gives you guys a good run, but, uh, I would definitely be more upset for City. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see this weekend um, how both teams, you know, what formation each coach uses. Um, but I mean, real, real quick, I just want to, I just want to touch on um, Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, beating Manchester City. I mean, all three games. Okay, everyone said, "Oh my God, they've won three games in a row. They're at the top of the table." But each game has been a one-nil win so that's that's really not that important is it like it's really not like wow like they're on top of the league you know they're they beat Manchester City 1-0 and you know they beat Wolves who are currently 19th in the league 1-0 like I mean everyone's saying they got to keep their their momentum do they really have momentum or is it just a little bit of luck uh so they've looked really good and I think the I think the Nuno effect is real like I think he He's just the he's the best manager they've had. Like they got to deal with, no, they had to deal with Mourinho last year. Who every Mourinho team is the same. They always look really good in the beginning, like they were last year, like they were at the top last year, and then they fall off. And they kind of just need to regather with the whole Kane situation. And they look good, but like you said, one nothing, one nothing. And I think it was more City losing that game than it was them really like dominating City. I mean, Nuno always beat City, so. <laughs> that's just how it goes so yeah. uh i'm not i don't they don't they don't do it for me they're they're gonna fall off i think is as they always do and yeah. they got a few they got a few tough games coming up uh with chelsea but besides that like they could keep going they could keep winning these games but i think at some point they're they're not gonna be able to keep west ham what the hell is going on with west ham why are they so good they've scored they've scored 10 goals in three games Seven points, only one draw. I mean, can can you see them? Can you see West Ham United finishing? I mean, this is this is a crazy take since we've, we're only three games into the season. But can you see if West Ham continue playing the way they play right now? Can you see West Ham finishing inside the top five again, if not the top four? Top top five? Yeah. Absolutely no way. No way. I mean, look, they, they look they look good too, but uh, not that good. Not that good, man. I mean, I would like to. That would be cool. That'd be cool if they did. Like, what a great season! But I mean, I think it's just way too top heavy this season. Yeah. So, I mean, you, do you think? I mean, so what's who's who's in your top five this season? Top five. So, as much as it breaks my heart, City's going to win the league again, in my opinion. Uh, I think they're just like they're just uh, the way they play is just better than everyone. I don't think Ronaldo is going to save is not going to save United. I think United will be in the top five, but I don't think it's going to. I don't think they're going to win the league. But I would say top five definitely City, definitely United. Uh, Chelsea's in there too. Chelsea Chelsea looks really good, and uh, Liverpool don't sleep on them. They they're still there. They still they can compete with anyone on any day, and then. This spot, maybe actually, you might be convincing me. <laughs> it could be maybe USA, but you got to think Tottenham's doing it. But uh, maybe USA and Tottenham. 
played, if not Ronaldo. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I also agree with what you said about Ronaldo. Um, I think United have had, they've, it's hard for them to fail. In order for United to win and lose, they need to try to lose rather than try to win. Because they're a team with insurmountable success. Um, but I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo is, is going to be what he was eight years ago, ten years ago. Chelsea, I mean, I, I think the Lukaku signing was one of the best signings of the summer. I think Lukaku is one of the best strikers, if not the best striker. Um, I don't think he is the best striker. I mean, Lewandowski is, in my book, the best striker right now. But I think you look at Lukaku, the way he plays, and you look up the build-up play from Chelsea. You know, Chelsea's midfield, they have Kai Havertz, they have, if he's healthy, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount. My only question is, what, what are you going to do with Timo Werner now? Is Timo Werner kind of just like a like a, a bench player right now? Or is, or is he going to, you know, start filling in the roles on the wing? Or is he going to have to drop back a little bit? Um, you know, so, I mean, because you have Conte and Jorginho in your CDMs and center midfield. So I'm, I'm kind of confused as to what now you're going to do with Timo Werner. Because this was... Was it, it was just a year after they signed Timo Werner, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Timo Werner never even really got to strut his stuff. I mean, he... he big letdown. Biggest letdown I've seen in the past few years. Um, but it's just, a, it's just a, 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 to show you again, since we've done it so many times before, how different the English Premier League defense is. And a player can be outstanding in, in another country in Europe. And, for example, Timo Werner with RB Leipzig housed everybody. Comes to the Premier League, and the defense, they're, they're taller, they're bigger, they're quicker, they're more physical. And that's something that Timo Werner did, definitely did not expect. Um, and he kind of he got caught out, and he did not have a good season last year. Um, so I think that Lukaku was a very good signing for them. My only worry is that um, are you wasting Timo Werner's talent and value because I feel like you could definitely get a, a good price tag for uh, for Timo Werner. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Timo Werner? I agree completely that I think Lukaku for sure was the best signing too for them or just in the, in the Premier League in general. But I um, Timo Werner was disappointing and I think that he just didn't fit with that that the way Chelsea played versus the way Leipzig played. And I, and I agree 100% too about the Premier League defenses are just 10 times better. Like, he's running through when he's on Leipzig. Like, I mean, he's got to play Bayern and Dortmund and uh, back and stuff. But he – Leipzig was running through most of those other teams, and he, he looked really good for all those all those, those few years where, like, oh, he's going to sign to Werner. Like, Werner's eventually going to leave. And I just don't think he fit with that Chelsea team very well, like the way they played. Uh, like, he was just smaller. And those wings and those Jorginho, they need a big guy to – bigger, more technical guy just to, like, get those. Like, look at Giroud. Giroud actually kind of had a little bit of success when he played, and it's so funny that Giroud, but uh, Lukaku's just going to fit mm-hmm. so much better than Werner does. And I kind of feel for him. Like, he kind of comes in with Tuchel and Havertz. Like, he's, like, we got the German guys together, but it's like, yeah, I think that I think that they could get a good price for him, too, but and I, I hope he gets the time to prove it here, and I hope he does well, but I think he could be on the way out too. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with points. Um, but my <clears throat> my biggest worry for this Premier League season is 
that these the three teams that were promoted are going to be relegated like last year. I I mean Norwich City two years ago or maybe it was three years ago when they when they were promoted to the uh, Premier League they had an amazing start. Not as not I mean Brentford didn't have as an amazing start this season, but Norwich City I feel like they've they've always been there but never able to break that shell. Uh, Temu Puki, he's not that good of a striker. When he was in the Premier League two years ago, three seasons ago, he was good. Don't get me wrong, he was very good. But he never had that oomph, that that extra power that that the other players did not have. So, I mean, Kieran, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that of the three teams that were promoted, Norwich, Brentford, and Watford, which team do you think will do the best? And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying best as in, like, we'll finish inside the top 10. I'm saying best as in won't get relegated. Um, it's got to be Brentford. It's got to be Brentford because, like you said, Norwich and Watford kind of just do this every time they're promoted. They just are just, like, average, and they just can't sustain the whole season, and they're going to fall back again. I actually think that those two will be relegated again. Uh, but Brentford, it just uh, – it reminds me of Leeds last year where it's like they haven't been in a long time. They haven't been here in a long time. And just that, that Arsenal game, that first game, was just – I watched it and it was like – I love seeing Arsenal lose because I love Arsenal fans when they're, they just accept that they're just terrible. But when uh, seeing, like, the fans in that stadium and it's just like, no, like, we're back. And I think – are they going to have a great season? Uh, like, Leeds had a great season last year for being back in first time. And I don't know – I forget how many years it was. But I think Brentford will stay up because they are – they got a nice team. And it's not as good as Leeds was, but it just – they I, I'm getting a similar, like, feel, Brentford, as I did with Leeds last year. And I think that they're going to stay up. I don't think they're going to get relegated. You don't, you don't like Watford? Not really. Nothing. Nothing stands out for me. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think Brentford will do the best, but I feel like there was a large portion of people that knew that the first result of the season, the Arsenal Brentford game, I feel like a lot of people knew that that was coming, because Arsenal are in shambles. Arsenal, this Arsenal team is, they need a complete rebuild. Um, I, I mean, I, but I mean. Granted, nothing against Brentford. You watched that game and you were like, wow, Brentford is something else. But, I mean, for me, they're definitely not starting <laughs> the way that I want them to finish. But, I, I mean, Watford, for me, um, they just got Musa Sissoko from Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not sure if that was a loan deal or a transfer, but he's there. João Pedro is there. Ozan Tufan is there. The Turkish midfielder. Joshua King up top. I mean, th- these names aren't like oh wow they have that player it's more so okay they have that player let's see how they can use them so it'll be interesting to see how Watford set up uh, in this new formation with these with Musa Sissoko uh, because he's obviously used to losing at Tottenham but um but yeah I mean I I I could agree with you I don't think Norwich City is donezo I, I think Watford and Brentford. It's gonna be it's gonna be a test to see where they where those two teams finish um, because I mean when you look at the table, Brentford is is I believe they're tenth. Yeah, they're they're tenth in the league right now, plus two goal differential, which is good. But the, after the first game they won, they they drew the last two, 
and Watford is right behind them. They won one game. It was against Aston Villa. It was 3-2 scoreline, um, and then lost two games after, and their goal differential is minus two. So it, it all depends on when they get momentum and the streak of games when they get their momentum. You know, are they going to be playing you know, the Liverpools, the Manchester Uniteds, the Manchester Cities? Um, so it'll be a, a real test to see um, how, how both Brentford and Watford do uh, this season. But nonetheless, I, I want to touch on, since we were talking about Manchester United earlier, um, I want to touch on the, the signings that they made this offseason. As we know, Rafael Varane, Jadon Sancho, and of course, the, the, the second GOAT. Manchester United. 1-2, Drew won with this new team, this new formation. Jaden Sancho, I never really saw Jaden in any of the games, never really saw Jaden Sancho breaking out of his shell, you know, doing what he was doing in Borussia Dortmund on that right wing. Um, will he be asked to come inside a little bit more? Will he be asked to start making runs inside? Because, I mean, when you look at the, the, the front three, um, it's probably going to be Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial and Jaden Sancho on the right wing. Um, now, the only worry or, or the only tough decision that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to make is the midfield because Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be at the left wing. I don't think they're going to play him as a striker. And I feel like they would have to move. This is just This is just me thinking. I feel like they would also have to move Marcus Rashford then to the striker position. Maybe he would even have to play a false nine. So once once you, you figure out Manchester United's top three, um, then you have to ask yourself, all right, now let's go to the midfield. You have Paul Pogba, of course. You have Fred. You have Bruno Fernandes. Um, Mason Greenwood. Mason Greenwood can play either on the right wing as well or as a, as a center attacking mid. Um, but with... Ronaldo now in the mix. Do you see Manchester United, you know, excelling back to what they were in, in 2011, 2010? And how does their formation change now with, with Ronaldo? So I uh, I think that it, like we said earlier, I don't think Ronaldo, they, they've looked great this season so far. And yeah, they're a little scary. They're scary with the lineup they have right now. And then you just insert Ronaldo into it, you're like, oh, uh, that's the that's the Champions League and the league right there. But I don't because, like you said, you got to figure out the front three. And I think that I personally think that they put Ronaldo up top. I think he's just kind of that striker. I think that he's there. He just kind of used to that with the past few years at Juve. And I don't know if you want to. I know he's getting older, and he doesn't look like he's getting older. But he, I think, you just got to stick him with what he knows for now. And uh, I used to play out wide when he played for United, but whole different system, all these new players. Like, I, I look back, I, as I was looking at it, I looked back at his uh, last time he played with United, and it was like, or one of the classic United games on, like, YouTube you can find. And it's like, he was playing with, like, Ferdinand and, like, Vander Sar was in that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he is. Paul Scholes, yeah. He was there a long time ago. You don't realize yes, how long yeah, ago. Was yeah, the, the list goes yeah, on. So, yeah. I think that they, they, I uh, put him in a striker, and I think he keep Rashford out on the left, and maybe Greenwood out on the right. I don't know what they're gonna do, and I, I think it's gonna be tough for Rashford though, and tough for even Sancho now because 
you're, you have a guy that needs the ball at his feet at like all times of the game. And he's going to, he makes those crazy runs and it's going to be hard for them to, I feel like get out wide because he's going to be moving. Like you said, in the whole the debate he, with the Messi, it's like he just is a little – he just needs the ball, and he wants to score. And I know that he's going to do great for them. They're going to – he's going to – he's not going to – you can't insert Ronaldo into your team and they're going to be bad. But I just don't think – I think it's going to be a lot more difficult than people think. I don't – I think that the up front three formation, I think they're going to run a 4-3-3. Maybe like have like Fred holding or something. That's Pogba. You got to maybe put Pogba back in like the in like a more central role because I think that they're gonna want to feed Ronaldo and they're gonna want to feed Bruno. But like I said, I don't know if it saves them. They're gonna be good, but he needs to. Uh, they need to figure out that front three situation. And I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna take a little bit of time for them to figure it out. Yeah, I agree, and I don't think that Ronaldo. Um, I don't think he's gonna come back to United and then all of a sudden they're going to you know win the league which is what a lot of people think but when you just when you receive the the influx of Rafael Varane indisputably one of the best defenders in the world right now um and Jadon Sancho on the right wing I mean that's that team is is an all-star team and then when you, when you think of Paul Pogba if Paul Pogba stays uh, I don't know if it's going to be like a like an Mbappe Messi again where Ronaldo comes in and Pogba leaves and whether he goes back to Juve, whether he goes to another club in England, um, or whether he goes back to France. That'll be interesting to see. Um, all right, let's talk about the transfers um, this season in the Premier League. I I want to start out with the team that we touched on earlier, Arsenal. What are they doing? I, I, their transfers make absolutely no sense to me. Why, I don't understand why you would sign Aaron Ramsdale, the goalkeeper, 23 years old, who for 30 million pounds, when you have Burnt Leno in goal already. You know, are, are you telling Burnt Leno, you know, you're going to be a bench player now? You know, who else did they just sign? Lucas Torreira from Atletico Madrid, but I think he went back on loan. Yeah, so he went back on zone on loan. Uh, Matteo Ganduzi, he's now at Marseille, I believe. Um, Kolasinac, not a big loss. Nuno Tavares, I like him, the 21-year-old, uh, the Portuguese man from Benfica, that for that only eight million pounds. Um, I like that signing, but I mean, this team, you know, they have got Ben White and Martin Odegaard. This team is. <laughs> They, they, they need something to change. They, I mean, I thought that, that for them, this past summer was crucial for them. I thought, all right, you got Ben White. Okay, that was a good signing. Got Odegaard. Okay, that was a good signing. You need more defenders. You know, you got, you got, you got no one. David Luiz is not going to be able to hold up, you know, Romelu Lukaku. And they have the money. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I mean, uh, Arsenal are are something else. Um, I don't even want to talk about them anymore because I just get frustrated. Because I mean, I, I yeah, exactly. Um, and they got rid of Hector Bellerin. They got rid of Joe Willock to Newcastle, which was a dumb move. Willian is out. He just left. Danny Ceballos. I mean, 
Unfortunate, unfortunate. But Aston Villa, I like to talk about Aston Villa because they just got rid of Jack Realish for a, a large sum, um, uh, 130 million pounds. The biggest question was, all right, what are you going to do with that money now? They put it in good use. They got Danny Ings. They got Leon Bailey. They got Emiliano Buendia from Norwich. I think this team is, is going to be good now. They also got Ashley Young on a free transfer from Inter Milan and Axel Tuanzabi from Manchester United. I think this team is now ready to compete. You know, when you think of Leon Bailey, you don't think of, oh, he's one of the best players in the world for when he played for Bayern Leverkusen. And the same thing for Danny Ings. Danny Ings played very well with his time with Liverpool, but he's not, you know, that that out-and-out player where, you know, he gets the ball and he scores. Um, but don't you think that this team could, could compete for a top 10 now? Absolutely. They, uh, like you said, they just, they took that money, that overpaid greatish money, and they, and they took it and they just got little pieces. Little pieces that just make the team so much better. Like you said, like Ings, Ings was a good, Ings was a good signing. Like he just, I mean, he didn't get the time at Liverpool, but when he was at Southampton, he, he looked really good. And he just, he scores goals. <laughs> That's what you need. Like he just, He's a great player up top. And then Leon Bailey is really fun. I love that Leon Bailey's in the Premier League now. And yeah, on a team like Villa too, that'll be fun. But yeah, these like little signings here and there, like just making each position just stronger. And yeah, I think that they I think that they're gonna compete. I think they are gonna compete in top ten for sure. What do you think about Saul being loaned to Chelsea? I talked to my brother about this too, and it, it kills me because what what did Chelsea need? What, what do we, all these good def, uh, midfielders need to go to Chelsea for? Uh, but realistically, it, it's nice to see him over here too, because uh, it's just these players that you. That's why this is going to be such a good season. All these players coming in this season. Um, but I feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for him. He made a good choice. We decided he's going to be good, but uh, where how are you going to fit him in? I don't know how they're going to fit him in, or, or someone is uh, someone's going to sit because he he is really good, and I think they are going to compete for that spot. Because you think like he's kind of he's a little bit more ahead of the, of that Jorginho role, <clears throat> but you uh, you can't take Jorginho, you can't move him now. Like you got the UEFA Player of the Year right there, uh, but Saul will. It's a good sign. It's a great sign. But... Yeah, I, I think. Other than Manchester United, I think Chelsea had one of the best transfer markets this past summer. Um, and I don't want to say that they needed it because they just won the Champions League off of a dumb decision by Pep Guardiola. But, I mean, I think Lukaku, and we talked about it earlier, Lukaku, in my opinion, was the best signing this summer. I think the the Ronaldo fee was a little underpriced. Um I don't really like the hype around Ronaldo right now. Don't get me wrong, Ronaldo's a great player. Um, but Sunday, it'll be really... Or no, Saturday, they play. They play Newcastle, Manchester United. It'll be really interesting to see the atmosphere with Ronaldo. You know, are the players going to be excited? Are the players going to be, you know, oh, God, great. You know, now this guy's taking all of our all of our spotlight. Um but, I mean, for Chelsea, this was this was one of the best signings, and this is exactly what you needed because Thomas Tuchel is going to go out and he's going to want to win the Champions League again. And he knows that the Premier League right now has the, the best competition in the world. 
So I think that for Chelsea, they know the competition with Manchester City. They know it with uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, but I can't see Chelsea. I still, and this is not biased of me. I, I promise you this is not biased. But I can't see Chelsea beating Manchester City on a regular basis. Last year, they, they Manchester City lost three in a row to Chelsea. All when they were coached by Thomas Tuchel. One in the Premier League, one in the FA Cup, and then the Champions League final. I can't see that happening again. I just, I, I, and I, I'm not saying it will never happen again. I'm just saying that it's very hard to believe. Granted, they did just sign Saul and Lukaku, but I cannot see Manchester City, the Tiki Taka, the possession filled, the Jack Grealish, the Phil Foden, the De Bruyne. You know, I, I mean. That, the, the Manchester City team is an all-star team, but you're not going to win just by signing the best players. You know, you need to have the best players on your team and create a chemistry and create, you know, formations that work for each player. You know, you can't put Phil Foden as, as you know, a false nine. That's just not who he is, which is why I don't think the, Jack, the Jack Realist shining was a good sign. And which is also why I'm glad that Manchester City didn't sign Harry Kane because yes, we do need, you know, a striker up top, but Harry Kane does not fit the mold of a Manchester City player. But Chelsea, great business. Um, I liked what they did there. They also got rid of Tommy Abraham. He went to Roma for forty-four million. Um, I love to see that for him. I always like Tommy Abraham. I think he's going to do really well under Jose Mourinho. Kurt Zuma going to West Ham, the rival, which was an interesting signing. Um, I'm not sure how that came to be. I think Kurt Zuma definitely showed his stuff last season, but I mean West Ham. Love that West Ham. I do, and I think with with Kurt Zuma, he's not a Rafael Varane, but he's a good signing, and it's it's what West Ham needed. But I mean, even with this new Chelsea team, do you see them winning the Champions League again? Uh no, uh, I don't see them winning the Champions League again. I think last season it. Um... Uh, let's, I'll bring, let's bring the personal uh, favoritism into this. It reminds me of that Liverpool run in 2018, where it was like, no, we, we, we didn't really have any business being in that final with Real. Um, and luckily, Chelsea got it done. Like, everyone going into that, like, everyone just going into that Champions League was like, it was going to be Real and uh, Barca, whatever that year, whatever the two favorites were that year. And um, that's that Liverpool team was just like gritty, did everything right, just got real lucky. Not real lucky, they played really well, but and got into that game and they, they ended up losing. So I, I, but then Chelsea last year just just got it together in the right games and talk about the final. Like, I no chance I thought Chelsea was winning that game. To be honest with you, I thought City, I was like, oh, here in City, finally their year. They finally did it. And they they shocked me. They shocked me because they had lost those those previous games to Chelsea, like you said, the three in a row. But I, they finally just they figured it out and they got it. They got it together. But I don't think that they win it again this year. I think that uh, I think there's the way they play uh, will be it'll be figured out as all teams do when they have a good run like that. Um, they're just going to be. The, the teams are just going to play. It's going to be such a good team, and they're going to play so well together. And this Champions League is going to be interesting. But uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't see them winning it again, personally. 
I want to focus on, um, as our last segment, the the Champions League group stage. Because I, I, I loved this draw. Um, I was driving up to school and realized that today was the day. So I put my phone up in the cup holder and I put on the, uh, the, the UCL draw and I just listened to it. And the first thing that I loved to hear, and not many people would agree, as Manchester City fans, was that we will be facing Paris Saint-Germain. I I love this. Yeah, like I think it's like fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent that PSG is going to win that game or those two games, but. I, this is just history. I mean, we've never seen players of this caliber in Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, and Hakimi, and Wijnaldum, and Sergio Ramos, and Donnarumma. <laughs> I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, but we've never seen the guys of this caliber play together. So I think that Group A will be very interesting to see. I think it'll be interesting to see where RB Leipzig... Um, fall into that into that mix. Um, will they be the odd man out, or will they maybe be able to make a dent and possibly ruin someone's Champions League hopes? Uh, but then Group B. I mean, this is the this is this is I, I feel like this is last year again uh, with with Atletico Madrid and Liverpool. Um, but Porto, really really good team. They got rid of they they bounced out Juve last year. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's Juve, more importantly, um, and AC Milan. I feel like AC Milan, you would never know what's going to happen with them. So, what do you see that that what, what do you what do you think Liverpool is going to do in the Champions League this season? Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a good Champions League season this year. Um, I look so I look at the group. Obviously, you look at all the groups, and this is by far this is the group of death right here. Group B is definitely the group of death. Uh, I think that we handle it though. I think, like like you said, Atletico scares me. I never want to play Atletico. That any Simeone team, regardless of who they are, uh, you never want to play them at any point, especially in the Champions League. But I think that I think Liverpool and Atletico get out of the group uh, because listen, like I, Porto is is really good, like you said. But and Milan is just uh, like you said. You never know what they're gonna do, and. I, they don't. I just don't think that they're those teams are going to be sort of ready for it. Uh, I just think I think Liverpool and Atletico get out of the group not handily. Like I think it's going to be pretty tight. But what you think should happen, I think will happen. Yeah. Yeah, I I I definitely agree for for Group B. Um, but for Group C, Borussia Dortmund and Ajax are I think. I think Dortmund's going to cruise in this group. Besiktas is not going to provide any type of difficulty. Um, neither is Sporting. Um, but Ajax, I mean, I I don't know. Ajax is obviously never going to be, or maybe not never, but they're not that team that they were four years ago or three years ago with, you know, Matthias De Ligt, Franke de Jong, you know, Dumfries. You know, they're not going to be that team. Van de Beek. Um, they're not going to be that team this year, probably not next year, probably not in the next three years. That was a, a youthful, successful team. Um, but I do want to talk about Group D 
because Group D is literally the same exact, besides the last place team, is the same exact group as last year. Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Inter Milan. I believe Borussia Mönchengladbach was the other team in this league, in this group last year. But um, I, I do want to say that last year Real Madrid got away or got in with the skin of their teeth. And Inter Milan did not. Um, and Borussia Mönchengladbach was the team that advanced with Real Madrid. Shakhtar Donetsk. Manchester City have played them so many times in the Premier in the in the Champions League. It's not even funny, but I think that when you look at this group, you want to say Inter Milan goes through, but when you think of the team that Inter Milan have, they just got rid of Lukaku, they got rid of Conte, they got rid of Hakimi. You know, so is their team really as good as they used to be? Is their team really you know? Seeing them on the schedule and be like, "Oh crap, that's a loss," or "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna beat them," because um, I mean, when you look at Real Madrid, Real Madrid, I can't see Real Madrid, especially the new Real Madrid, I can't see them losing to Shakhtar Donetsk or FC Sheriff Tiraspol. I've never even heard of that club, um, <laughs> but I mean, I, Inter Milan. Like, do you will that will this be a repeat of last year? They're not the same team, obviously. And especially what's so interesting is coming off winning the, the league. Like, just you think that they come off that being like riding high, like ready to go and c- compete with anybody. But they lose Lukaku, like you said. They lose Conte. They lose Kikimi. Um, I think that they get through, but I, I, Real handles the group easily. But and you'd like to think Inter gets through, and I think they will. But definitely, I would, if I'm in the round of 16 draw, I would want them. I agree, but I, I, I think I read something that said Romelu Lukaku was not going to leave Inter Milan for anyone but Chelsea. So, I mean, it, it puts into perspective, because, I mean, he was, in, he was in the dumps before he went to Inter Milan. You know, he was not a good player at the old Chelsea and Manchester United. You know, you saw him, he got the ball, and he just fumbled it. He just wasn't able to do anything with it. Um, So Inter Milan definitely saved him. Um, So it'll be interesting where those teams match up and face off. Um, But also, I just want to talk about Group E real quick, the top two. I think we know who's going to finish there. I think it's going to be Bayern Munich and Barcelona. I don't think Benfica is going to do anything against either of these teams. Um, I really like watching Barcelona now without Messi. I, I love their build-up play. I love they're never static. Um, I love Memphis Depay now. I've always loved Memphis Depay, but now that he's stepping into this role at Barcelona uh, with the team that he has at Barcelona, I mean, I think this this team is filled with youth um, besides Sergio Busquets and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen and Gerard Piquet and Jordi Alba. <laughs> but I, th- I think it was also very important. Uh, I just want to touch on this real quick that they all took uh, pay cuts to allow Memphis Depay, Eric Garcia, and Sergio Aguero to sign with the club. I think that was really important. But it's also going to be interesting to see if, if and when Sergio Aguero will play. 
with this team because when you look at how Memphis Depay is playing, you can't see them taking out Memphis Depay and putting in Aguero over Braithwaite right now. And I never thought I'd see the day where Braithwaite was actually scoring goals for Barcelona and was actually a really good player. So I think Bayern Munich is going to boss this group. I think Barcelona is only going to lose two games this group, and it's going to be against Bayern Munich because uh, last year they beat Bayern Munich beat Barcelona 8-2, so I can't. I'm only seeing the same. Group F, it'll be up in the air. I think Manchester United will boss it, um, but I think second place, I've always liked the young boys, but I'm a huge fan of Atalanta. Um, not a fan of Villarreal, though. I don't like Unai Emery, and I think I never really liked him. Never really liked him when he was with Arsenal. Um, I feel like he's he's a he's a Europa League manager. You know, all of his trophies have come in the Europa League. He didn't win any in the Premier League. He hasn't won any in La Liga. When they're in the Europa, when they're in Europa League, that's when they win. So that's what I think about Group F, Group G. That one is 100% up in the air. I don't even know how to predict that one. Sevilla, Salzburg, Wolfsburg, and Lille. Honestly, if if we're going off of the last year, I say Lille and Sevilla go through. Um, I can't see Wolfsburg making any type of impact, and I can't see Salzburg, even though they have the new American, the young American, uh, Brendan Aronson. Um, I can't see them making a, making a, a huge impact in this group. Um, and then finally, Group H. I love this group: Juventus and Chelsea. Zenit and Malmo FF. I love. I, I. It's gonna be Lukaku against an Italian defense again, which I love to see, and it'll be you know the new Juventus playing up against a very difficult Chelsea side. Obviously, these two teams go through, but so who after going through this list of of teams, who in your mind will reach the semifinals, and who will reach the finals, and who will win? What a great question. <laughs> so I think that the obvious, um, and it's hard, it's always hard to say because of the draws, the draws. And because you hate when you get like City and well, if they're playing in the group together, but you hate when you get like City PSG in the round of 16 because you're like, but then you get like uh, Porto and Ajax, like another, is like another match. And you're like, oh, oh well. That that I wish we saw that PSG City game like in the semifinal. So if if I'm being honest, the, there's only you, I gotta have PSG is one of the is one of the final four and Bayern. Bayern and PSG are always gonna be there. No. The other two is where you could have you could have so many of those teams. And I'm going to say City. I'm going to say City. They're going to look great. And it, oh, it's, got, it's got to be Liverpool. It's going to be Liverpool. Liverpool's coming in this champion season hot. It's coming in, they're coming in hot. It's going to be those final four. And the final, all right, I'll be honest, then it's going to be, I think we see a Bayern PSG final. Which will be a great final. Which is the, the final that we'll get with actual fans that we didn't get two seasons ago. Yeah. Or, um, and uh, it's hard to not pick PSG, man. It's hard not yeah. to. 
Okay, I respect that. I don't think Liverpool is going to make it into the semifinals. Seriously, nothing against Liverpool. I just when I when I when I look at this team this year, uh, I see them doing well in the Premier League, maybe finishing three or four. But I mean, the competition in the, in the Champions League this year is just unmatched. Even Manchester City. I mean, I don't think Manchester City will be able to keep up with PSG because Manchester City's defense—they're all in shambles. Um, unless you're talking about. Amaric Laporte and Ruben Diaz, but I think it'll be Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Real Madrid. I I mean Real Madrid. I they don't have the best team right now, and they're definitely not what they were four years ago, three years ago. But I mean they they're still Real Madrid. They still have. I mean, history repeats itself. Hopefully, the history from this past season doesn't repeat on Manchester City. But PSG, I feel like they'll just get caught out. And I feel like Neymar will be caught with the ball a little bit too much, and the defense will pick up on it. And they'll double-team Lionel Messi, they'll double-team Mbappe. And if PSG play uh, Real Madrid or Manchester United, it'll go down to the wire. But I think in the end, PSG will, will lose. Um, I think they'll win League One easily, but I, I can't see them see them winning the Champions League. Well, all right, that is the end from us. Thank you all for tuning in, Kieran. Cheers, mate. I appreciate you hopping on the pod. I enjoy talking about Premier League and, and Champions League with you. Thank you, buddy. Always, always a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Pitch Blitz Morning Show. I am your host, Blaze Tambori. I appreciate every one of you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Pitch Blitz, TikTok at the Pitch Blitz, and Twitter at the Pitch Blitz. Thank you all for tuning in today. I'll see you next week.
Fire. Good stuff, yeah. You like that? Yeah. Thank you, sir. That was good. How'd we do? How'd we do? We did good, right? We did do good.